The following is a pre recorded show. Get ready, Baltimore. It's time for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> This is Top of the Road, your Monday night wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, here's the enforcer, Baltimore's own, Kill Kuda Jr. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's heavyweight wrestling champion, Nick Aldis, and you're listening turnbuckle topics ladies and gentlemen welcome to a massive edition of top of the rope wrestling radio why because new japan is back excuse me as i hold back tears it's been a long time four months since new japan stepped away the last show that i have marked is from february 20th of this year So almost four months on the dot. However, uh, this morning, New Japan came back. Now, why do I say this morning? Because the event was on at six o'clock in the morning, my time. Because in Japan, regular time. Now, there were no fans at the show. The commentators were very far away from the ring. They had some of the young lions at ringside. They all had masks on. Every two or three matches, they would send out a bunch of guys to sort of re-disinfect everything. They did everything they could to make it as safe as possible. And they called it Together, or the Together Project Special is New Japan, because New Japan is officially back. And then uh, tomorrow morning and the morning after will be the first, uh, the first matches in the first round of the New Japan Cup for 2020, which was scheduled to kick off right before things went sideways with Corona. But now that we're back, they're picking up right where they left off. Not to mention that last night was WWE's pay-per-view backlash. Monday Night Raw is tonight and there are huge rumors going around. So I have to cover all of this. Not to mention, I promised to give my review of video package called blm on iwtv that's independent wrestling television which head on over and sign up if you want they're not paying me anything but it's a heck of a deal and jay rose the incomparable jay rose put together a about a two hour and 45 minute compilation of the best of black wrestling on the independent scene and i had to check it out and it was absolutely fantastic to watch. I highly recommend it to everybody. So I am going to go over that as well as Backlash, as well as New Japan this morning, as well as the New Japan Cup in the first round that we're going to see over the next couple of days. So let's start with BLM on IWTV. Now, pardon me if it seems like I'm going through these quickly. I do not mean that disrespectfully. It's just because it was a two hour and 45 minute compilation. There was a lot involved and I've only got an hour show to break this down for you guys. So I've kind of got a quick run this for the sake of time, but I do recommend you go check it out if you haven't checked it out. Also, it will give you a whole new respect for a lot of wrestlers you've never heard of. Uh, The three big names that I took away from this were 
AJ Gray, Big Swole, who a lot of us already know, who's wrestling in AEW currently, and uh, the newly crowned uh, champion, Teodora. I want to make sure I get her name right. Hold on. I got it. I got it in front of me. I'm sorry. Trish Adora. Yes. Who is the Pan-African World Diaspora Champion. And a fantastic match from PAWD, from PAWDWC Fight Club Pro Wrestling. So, I would give that one a watch. It's at the end of the compilation. So, we start off with stuff for the championship where Mac takes on Angels Cross and Slim J. Mac gets the win there. Solid enough match. Then we get to see Trey Lamar versus Lee Moriarty. Trey Lamar gets a win. He's a little bit more of a heel character, but pretty solid match all around. A lot of good high spot type things. We get to see a little bit of Ricky Starks go up against somebody called Nate Webb. We get to see a mixtape of a young man called Devante or Devantes. I don't know why this guy isn't working for Vince McMahon right now. He is an absolute tank of a human being. He can move like he's somebody half his size. I have no idea. The only thing I can think of is he's got a bunch of tattoos. That's it. Other than that, this guy is a Vince McMahon special. I have no idea why he's not working for him right now. He looks more than TV ready. And I gave his, the little mixtape they put out for him, I give it a 9 out of 10. Because, by the way, that's part of the compilation is there are full matches, there are highlights, and then there are mixtapes of individual wrestlers or a faction, and then there are a couple that are called Who Got Next, which is three or four wrestlers all put together that are next in line. They are young talent that is on their way up. Then we had O'Shea Edwards take on Eric Royal. That was fun to watch. That was a real big hoss fight. O'Shea Edwards, I highly recommend him. I think, uh, I think he should end up somewhere very quickly. Then we got some highlights of Rampage Brown versus Roy Johnson. Then we got a mixtape for Willow Nightingale. Willow's pretty awesome. She's, she, she's a pretty solid wrestler. I think she's got a future in this business. I think they all have a future in this business. And Willow's, Willow's got a pretty unique character because she's a power wrestler because she looks like she should be, but also deceptively athletic. Good stuff from her. Then my favorite part of the whole mixtape, and that was Shakara versus Big Swole Part 2. Okay, this is what this made me think of. I want to spend some time on this. Big Swole in the empty arena era. Why are they not pushing her to the moon? I have never, and I actually mean this, never heard in-ring trash talking to this ability like what Big Swole did in this match. She was so in her element. It fit her so well. The match itself was phenomenal. I Go and watch it. It will. I, it, I already liked Big Swole. Now she's so over with me. I can't even begin to comprehend it. Why are they not pushing her right now? You want somebody to hold the title and actually make it look good? AEW, put it on Big Swole. Look, I ain't got a problem with Hikaru Shida. I ain't got a problem with Nyla Rose. I think Nyla kind of got gypped with her title reign. Riho was basically a rental who showed up when she could. And Sheeta's finally going to be somebody you can have it every day. That's fine. She, she just got it. So I don't want to judge her reign too quickly. But if you're ever in a tough situation, and they are now because Britt Baker had knee surgery. Also, Chris Statlander, unfortunately, had surgery to repair a torn ACL. 
So now you have two of your biggest talents in your women's division out with injuries, and the other ones that you pushed to the moon were effectively rentals from Japan. Big Swole is right in front of you. Put the title on her, man. You want it to look great, give it to her. So yes, Shikara versus Big Swole Part 2. Highly recommend it. Then uh, we saw GPA win the Freelance Underground title. I have to be honest, I am very uneducated about that young man. And I have to look into him a lot more, but he looks like he's a for real talent. Then we saw a mixtape of someone called Jet Knight, who looks like he's got... He's got big things ahead of him. That that he's a lot of he's a very modern-esque wrestler, but I think he knows how to work too. Then we have uh, AR Fox jumping off the balcony in an arena at a Beyond Wrestling event, and guess who was on commentary? Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are on commentary for this. Uh, you you got to watch it. It's it's a nine out of ten moment. You got to watch it. Then we got to see Myron Reed versus Christian Casanova. I would, if I owned a promotion, I would hire Christian Casanova today. He, he seems to have a great heel essence about him. I mean, he calls himself Casanova. He kind of looks like he knows he's better than you. It was, a, it was a good match to watch. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Then we got to see uh, ACH. Ring any bells. He, uh, he, he beat Ray Phoenix for the AAW championship. Then there was the first who got next mashup showed a whole lot of young talent. Again, remember I'm doing this for, for time guys. I'm sorry. I wish I could, I wish I could take time. Uh, may I'll come back on another show and do it a little more in depth. Then we had the soul touches from Chicago in 2008. What a fantastic gimmick that must've been. I, I, I need to look up a lot more of those guys. They're a lot of fun. Then we got to see crime time. Rest in peace to Shad Gaspard. They went up against Lloyd and Deppin in a crazy match in Game Changer Wrestling. Warning, there is a lot of profanity in how they do commentary. Warning. Then we got to see Cedric Alexander hit Candice LeRae with the lumbar check. I'm not going to keep describing that. It's exactly what you thought, and I recommend you go and watch it. Then we got to see Suge D win the freelance title. Billy Dixon had a match with Christopher Andino. It was called Falls Count Somewhere, which meant there was a certain place that Falls counted, and they had to kind of work that out. It was a pretty cool concept. Then we saw Athena, who we now know as Ember Moon, go up against Jessica Havoc. She won a tournament. It had been a long time since she got there. Pretty cool finish to see. Then we saw Faye Jackson take on Ruthless Lala for the BCW women's title. That was a pretty good match. It was what you would expect, but they certainly over-delivered. And Faye Jackson's a real deal talent, if you don't know who she is. Then we saw Trevor Aon, the gothic gangster, get a mixtape. He, he's got a cool concept. I, I, I dig what he's doing. I think he's, he's got a good future. Then we saw AJ, Grin, Green, Gray, heh, AJ Gray. Let me get that right. He won the Paradigm title. The Black Label Pro title. At one point, he was holding three promotions championships at the same time. Trust me, this guy's a next-level athlete, man. Next-level wrestler. Then we got to see him, uh, a few highlights of him versus Stallion and versus a wrestler who goes by Paco for the Crown of Glory title. He won that one, too. Then we saw AJ Gray versus Will Hobbs. And 
that was a very solid match. Gave it an 8 out of 10. Then we saw a little bit of a highlight from back in 2008 uh, from CZW, where we saw the Human Tornado go up against Ruckus. And during the match, they played the theme from Beverly Hills Cop. And you proceed to see Human Tornado break Ruckus down while dancing the whole time. It was absolutely fantastic. Then we got to see a mixtape for uh, the R.E.P., which is a big-time faction, which they look like a group of powerhouses, man. I, I, could, I, could see the rep. I could see the rep walking around in the Ring of Honor someday. That would be pretty cool. Then we saw an, the next Who Got Next tape featuring Lucky Ali, Jaden, and Treehouse Lee. Again, three young talents. I recommend you go check them out. And then, as I mentioned before, we finished with the PAWDWC Fight Club Pro Wrestling, where Darius Lockhart and Trisha Dora went at it for the Pan-African World Diaspora Championship, while Grimm, uh, or Mr. Grimm, showed up in the middle of the match with a wild card to jump in and try to win the title. Trisha Dora won the title, so the big-time championship and that promotion is being held by a woman, not the woman's title, their world championship. So I, I have to say, man, go out, go check it out. I'll say it one more time. Uh, there's a hashtag for it on Twitter. It is BLM on IWTV. I highly recommend it. Uh, it's about two hours and 45 minutes long. Don't let that scare you. It's worth it. It never drags. It's awesome. It's a great showcase of all the black talent all across independent wrestling over the past decade plus it is definitely worth your time i say you go check it out now other than that what happened is together as new japan referred to it or the together project special where they had uh, six matches on the card they opened with yota suji who is uh i believe still the young lion for tanahashi i believe and he went up against Gabriel Kidd. So a classic Young Lions match. Not too many crazy moves. A lot of basic stuff. And Yoda got the win with the Boston Crab. Gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Real quick, if you don't know my rating system, a 7 out of 10 is it got, all the, it got the job done. It got the storyline across. It was a good match. It got the job done. Nobody made a mistake. Uh, an 8 or a 9 means there are a lot of unexpected spots, maybe a crazy finish, maybe somebody had a run-in, something you didn't expect, or it was just so good I had to give it a higher rating. A 10 out of 10 is one of the best matches I've ever seen. So far, I've only given one 10 so far, which is Mustache Mountain versus DIY at NXT TakeOver Worlds Collide. That's the only 10 out of 10 I've ever given. Then if you get a 4 to a 6, it means... It didn't really get the job done. Maybe there were some botches. Maybe some things didn't work. If you get a one out of three, it means it was a bad match, very botchy, no chemistry, something like that. And if you get a zero, it means your match was not worth anyone's time. Only ever given one zero, and that was The Fiend versus Goldberg at the Saudi show where Goldberg won. Had to give it a zero. Anyway, to move on with the Together card from New Japan, we saw the Stone Pitbull, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yamura team up against El Desperado and Kenemaru from Suzuki-gun. Well, K Kenemaru and Desperado got the win. And El Desperado used this stretch muffler armbar combo that I, I, have, I personally haven't seen before. 
but it was a pretty cool way to get a submission. Another seven and a half out of ten. Then we got to see Goto, Toru Yano, Yoshihashi, and Honma take on effectively the Bullet Club. But to be specific, it was uh, Yujiro Takahashi, Taji Ishimori, Jado, and Gato. I'm sorry, Jado and Gato. Well, the Bullet Club got the win with underhanded tactics, as you would expect. Another 7.5 out of 10. Then we got to see Tenzan, Kojima, and the coach, Raisuke Taguchi, take on Evil, Sanada, and Bushi, so a good portion of LIJ. Well, uh, the coach got the win, and it was another 7.5 out of 10. So Tenzan, Kojima, and Taguchi got that win there. Then we saw an eight-man tag where, brace yourselves for lots of Japanese nomenclature, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Yugi Nagata, and Togi Makabe took on Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., British guy, Minoru Suzuki, and Doki, which is effectively the rest of Suzuki-gun that we didn't see earlier. Well, uh, the faces got the win, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Nagata, and Makabe. They got the win. Makabe actually won with the King Kong knee drop, which is a, a rarity. You don't see that a lot from him. 8 out of 10 match. Then we finished with Okada teaming up with Sho and Yo to take on Naito, Shingo, and Hiromu, the headliners of LIJ. 7.5 out of 10 match. Very well done. Cool idea. Uh, you love to see LIJ get a win. Promo by Naito at the end. So it was an overall a very good show. I certainly recommend it. Head out on, uh, on New Japan World to check that one out. So one more time. The New Japan special is out on New Japan World. Go check out BLM on IWTV. Search the hashtag on Twitter. Now, i got to let you guys know about our friends who have been helping us out at ProAmBelts.com. Use their promo code TBT15OFF. That's TBT15OFF for 15% off your next purchase from ProAmBelts.com. They have an As Seen on TV category. You can get any belt you've seen or get a custom one. Fantasy football is closer than you think. Also, go to Etsy and look for Hidden Talent. That is our good friend Linz from the network and her sister. They can customize pretty much anything for you. They specialize in custom Starbucks cups at the moment. However, they can customize pretty much anything if you're willing to talk them out. They're doing some stuff for me right now. I couldn't be more appreciative. So head to Etsy and look for Hidden Talent. When I return, I will go over Backlash and what we might see this evening on Monday Night Raw because rumors are afoot. Stick around. It's going to be fun. You're listening to a pre-recorded show. Every Monday night from 6 to 7, it's the top of the rope wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, once again, here's the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's heavyweight wrestling champion, Nick Aldis, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Topics. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Top of the Rope Wrestling Radio. In the first segment, I went over the Together Project Special by New Japan, as well as the BLM package on IWTV. Again, I recommend you go check that one out. 
Well, let's go to what happened last night, shall we? WWE backlash happened last night, and I have to say it was a pleasant surprise. The show was a pleasant surprise. I was very happy with the way it went. It was not what I expected. Uh, Bruce Pritchard is now officially 100% in charge. That seemed outright clear on SmackDown. And if it wasn't clear, it will officially be 150% clear now. Um, <laughs> uh, 100%. Uh, if you have not seen the show yet, there is one match in particular where it is clear that Bruce is in charge. So, of course... Let's uh, go down the card here. We started on the pre-show where the United States Championship was defended. Apollo Crews defended his title against Andrade. And Apollo Crews successfully retained his championship. Seven and a half out of ten match. It did the job. A couple extra spots. Always love to see Apollo's finisher. A nice one. Glad to see Apollo retain as well. Now, please... Do not take this as a direct insult to Apollo or Andrade putting them on the pre-show. I understand it was a title match. I understand it was two young talents that were on their way up. They used to get good time on Raw. Now they're on the pre-show. You know what the pre-show is there for? Because you have to remember, a lot of people have the WWE Network or some other way of watching or whatever, but they also sell the show on pay-per-view. Traditional pay-per-view. 60, 70 bucks a pop pay-per-view. They need to entice people to watch. That's why they put matches like this on the pre-show, to entice people to watch. And I think they did a pretty good job of it. So 7.5 out of 10 on the pre-show. Apollo Crews is still the United States champion. Hopefully that sticks around, even though some people are worried about the change in creative. But I'll get to that later on. Then we start with the main card where the women's tag team championships were on the line. Sasha Banks and Bailey, or the Golden Role Models, as they like to be referred to, faced off against the Iconics and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So, Sasha Banks and Bailey retain. Now, my original rating for this match was a 7 out of 10. And then everybody on Twitter was talking about how incredible this match was. And I said, okay, well, let, I want to be fair, so let's watch it again. I went back and I watched it again. And now i got to give this match an 8. Now, believe it or not, that's a pretty big increase based on my rating system. Because remember, a 7 is effectively good enough. So an 8 is a pretty big upgrade. I gave this match an 8 out of 10. Why? Because instead of a traditional triple threat tag team match where there are two competitors in the ring at, at, the, at the same time, which means that there's going to be one team that has no one in the ring at all at some point. In this case, there were one competitor from every team. So there were three competitors in the ring at the same time. So it, it had a little bit more of a feel of a mad scramble for the title than, than an overall match. Although there was very good wrestling, the tag team move that uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross broke out was a lot of fun. Alexa Bliss seemed to have a pretty good pep in her step in this match. She seemed a little more revved up than she normally is. It, it was a good look for her. Nikki Cross always does phenomenally. The Iconics are, have always continued to prove over and over again that they're great talents and then Sasha Banks and Bailey I don't need to say anything about those two they're phenomenal at what they do so it, it was the, the reason why I thought the match came off as clunky at first is because there were a lot of moments of them just kind of shoving each other out of the ring and breaking up pinfalls which is why I said it had a little bit more of a scramble feel to it than it did in like a well thought out match but nevertheless i watched it again and i understand what people are talking about so i will revise my original rating of 7 out of 10 and give it an 8 out of 10 
because it was a very fun match to watch. It was a nice switch up and Sasha and Bailey retained. So we get more of Bailey dos straps as she calls herself. Eight out of 10 match by the ladies. Always love to see it. Then we had Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Now, people really weren't that psyched for the match because not too many people liked the storyline. Now, I wasn't thrilled with the whole storyline either. Okay, the car crash set up and Elias and all that stuff, that I thought was pretty cool because Jeff Hardy is clearly willing to use his haunted past as material for a storyline. If he wasn't cool with it, I bet you they wouldn't have gone with it. So, that that was all cool. But then they did the segment last Friday where they had Jeff take a urine test right there on TV. I mean, they didn't let you see anything, of course, but they had it happen. And then Jeff takes the sample and throws it in Seamus's face. And it was just a complete rehash of a segment they did in 2006. And, I mean, it went off like it should have, I guess. But it wasn't... It's, it wasn't anything special. And if they didn't do that, then I would have been more invested in the match itself. However, I gave the match itself an 8 out of 10. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. This was clearly two guys who have done this for 15 years plus each. And they tore each other up. Sheamus played the heel role very well. Very deliberate. Uh, and Jeff lost. Which was a surprise to me. Because your natural thought is, oh, the guy gets his redemption. But he didn't. He lost. So I'm very curious as to how this is this is going to go. I'm very I'm very curious about it because I don't think we're done with these two yet. And also remember the person who stole Jeff's rental car and hit Elias with it. The police described him as red beard and red hair. I understand that Sheamus has those things, but he's not the only wrestler that has those. So let's keep that in mind. Then after that, we had the Raw Women's Championship. Okay, look, I gave this a 7 out of 10 because there didn't really seem to be a big botch and they effectively got the point across. So as far as a match goes, it was kind of what you would expect. But they finished it with a double countout. I mean, I guess they want to protect Nia in some... I don't know. It was it was decent. Asuka looked like a million dollars. Nia did, did a pretty good job to make Asuka look good. They, they had really good chemistry with each other in the ring, but it really wasn't anything special. And then the finish just took so much wind out of my sails. So I gave it a 7 out of 10 because I didn't want to just completely destroy it just because of the finish. Then we had the Universal Championship where Braun Strowman took on Miz and Morrison in uh, a two-on-one handicap match. Now, on the pre-show, they fully debuted the music video that Miz and Morrison did called Hey, 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 and I hated it. I hated every second of it, and I don't understand why the rebirth of Miz and Morrison is so amazing to so many people, but quite frankly, I, I'm not very entertained by it. I think it's a little bit of a cheap rebound. I don't like the music videos. I absolutely despise the hey, hey, ho, ho chant that they do. Just just stop, man. I don't know. Let's go back to parkour John Morrison and Hollywood Miz. Let's go back to that, please. We don't, we don't need this. So I'm glad Braun got the win. 
Uh, I, for one, enjoy Braun Strowman as, as Universal Champion. I think he's in a good good spot. I like the locomotive entrance he's got going, the clear the tracks deal. They're actually making him look like a monster again. So I, I'm cool with that. I gave the match a 7.5 out of 10 because there were a couple spots you didn't expect in there. John Morrison got to use a lot of his, his high-flying type stuff at certain moments. That was pretty cool. Uh, they actually had Braun on the ropes for a bit. It wasn't a total squash. But it, it was a good enough match, and... Braun retained his title. Also, they already started to sow the seeds of betrayal between Miz and Morrison when Morrison went for the cover and Miz pulled him off because whoever got the finish is who would win the title. They wouldn't become co-champions. Then after that, we had the WWE Championship between Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. I was going to say much better match than I expected, but then let's think about who's in the match, man. Bobby Lashley is a phenomenal professional wrestler, and Drew McIntyre is WWE champion, and he's done everything in his power to earn it. MVP played a great role at ringside, all of this. Uh, I would have given this an 8.5 out of 10. However, they had to have Lana be the reason for the finish. Now, look, I don't have anything against Lana. I, I don't mind that they're still working her into storyline a little bit because they have to have it play out to an end. You can't just drop it flat like a certain company on a certain network does. You got to see how it finishes. And I feel like it's it, it was a little bit eh, the finish. That was a little bit eh. I get it. I mean, look, Drew took Bobby's head off with the Claymore. Always fantastic. But still. So 8 out of 10, much better match uh, than I think was anticipated based on the feud, but I'm not surprised by it either. These are two high quality uh, competitors. And I really hope that Bobby's not out of the world title picture after this. I think, I think Bobby needs to stay in that racket because he's certainly earned it at this point and in his career as well. Then we had the raw tag team championships and we were all going, why is this going on after the two main titles? This seems weird. Well, it was because we had ourselves a cinematic match that was one of the most off the wall, silly matches ever. I think it was DDT Divas was tweeting. They officially jumped the shark is what they said. And maybe they were right. But look, they made this so incredibly silly and or stupid that it really did get to the point where you just kind of had to start laughing at it. And that was the idea. I thought it was very entertaining. I thought it was very well done. They didn't even have a match. Okay, I'll, I'll do it this way. This is how I'll describe it, okay? There were ninjas. There were golf clubs. There were axes and shields. There were turkey legs. Need I say more? Welcome to professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. That's what this was. And it was so silly that it was great. I gave it a 9 out of 10 because I was incredibly entertained by it. Was it a wrestling match? No. Was it the worst cinematic they've done in recent history? Probably. However, I enjoyed it very much, so I gave it a high rating. Sue me. Uh, by the way, nobody won because <laughs> a match never actually took place. It was supposed to just be a regular match, and the match didn't take place. So what it seems like they did is they, they went one for one in tag matches. Then they did all of their events that they were tied. Then the decathlon was a tie. Then they're going to have the big cinematic that nobody won in. And I think that is leading up to the actual match 
that will determine who is better. And hopefully they'll just give them 25 minutes and just let them rip each other to, to shreds and give the tag team titles a heck of a look. Because even though it might not be a positive look, so to speak, for the Raw tag team titles, they are getting a lot of airtime. And I think that's that's always more important than if it's a good or a bad look. But that's just my opinion. I give it a 9 out of 10. Nobody won. Nobody won. So I can't give you a winner there. Then we had the greatest wrestling match ever. Now, that is not a statement of fact. That is a timeline. Or I'm sorry. That is a, a, that is a, a marketing tagline. This match was billed as the greatest match ever. Okay? They piped in some crowd noise for some ambiance. They had Howard Finkel's voice introduce Randy Orton and Edge. Charles Robinson, the official for that match, the ref, he was wearing the old school ref outfit with the blue shirt and the black bow tie, old school MSG style. And this was a very well done match. I gave it a nine and a half out of 10. It was awesome. They paid tribute to all of their greatest opponents. They paid tribute to each other. They absolutely worked their butts off in this one, man. It was incredible to watch. I highly recommend it. Is it the greatest wrestling match of all time? No, it is not. Did any of you expect it to be? No, it is not. Or no, you did not. So, my humble request is, remember that it was a tagline. Okay? Remember that it was a marketing ploy. Don't act like they actually meant it. And yes, Orton is going to use it in promos. Of course he is. I can see it now. Whoever he feuds with next, Orton is going to go because you know I won the greatest wrestling match ever. Fine. I, I have no issue with it. It was very well done. I don't like to over-describe matches that I think are this good. I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Go and watch it. It may have ended for a reason as it should have. Now, let's talk about what we might see tonight. Now, I don't have a preview in front of me. I'll do that later in the show. But I will say this. There are rumors afoot that something very big is coming down. I don't want to give it away. There are some hints. If you want to go searching, go searching. I've never been one to go looking for spoilers. But there are some pretty big teases about what's going on. Because apparently, backstage at Monday Night Raw has been a mess recently. And that is why Heyman was removed. At least that's what we're being told. And why Bruce Pritchard is now in charge. Because they wanted consistency. And here's my thought on that. WWE tweeted that. Think about that. WWE tweeted out that they changed who's running creative. The company that took every effort to not let it out of the bag. That this wasn't real. That it wasn't scripted entertainment they publicly put it out that this is scripted entertainment and we are changing who is in charge and the reason they did that was to put bruce pritchard on notice bruce everybody knows it's you now don't screw this up think about how groundbreaking that is WWE goes so far out of its way to not pull back the curtain. They purposefully did it just to let everybody know. Think about that. 
Think about how big that is. So I'm curious how Raw is going to go. I'll have a preview later in the show. But I'm also going to run down the New Japan Cup bracket and who I think might win in the first round over the next couple of days because the first round starts tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Everybody check out Pro-Am Belts, a good friend of ours. Use our promo code TBT15OFF. That's TBT15OFF at ProAmBelts.com for 15% off your next purchase. And head over to Etsy and look for the Hidden Talent Company, which is Turnbuckle Topics' very own Linz and her sister making customizable things for you. Talk to them. They can work out pretty much anything. When I come back, I will preview Raw and New Japan Cup. Stick around. It's going to be fun. You're listening to a pre-recorded show. This is Top of the Room. Every Monday night from 6 to 7 on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, give it up for the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's heavyweight wrestling champion Nick Aldis and you're listening to Turnbuckle Topics Welcome back ladies and gentlemen so tonight on Monday Night Raw the preview that I've seen is that Rey Mysterio accepted Seth Rollins invitation to come to Raw his son Dominic will come with him as well Uh, and we all know that we believe Dominic has been training to become a wrestler himself so heck of a family line to come from and we'll see what happens there uh they're going to be face to face with seth rollins other than that i really don't have all that much about what's going on uh i i don't know i haven't seen that many previews but i've just seen that there are rumors that something big is coming something big so i'm definitely going to be paying attention especially in the wake of backlash and with a three-hour pay-per-view remember they had a pay-per-view last night don't be surprised if they run some, if they run a good part of a match or they do a lot of highlights or they do a lot of storyline lookbacks because it's a lot of time on three hours. They just change who's ahead of creative and they're trying to get their feet back under him. Yes, this is me telling you to give WWE a break. I know. Blasphemy. They're the evil empire. We shouldn't give them a break. Yeah, yeah, we should. So call me an apologist. I, I really don't care. Now. The New Japan Cup is scheduled to begin tomorrow morning at 6 in the morning if you want to wake up that early and you're crazy like me, or if you want to watch it later on in the day like most of us civilized people do. So here is the first round that we are going to get over the next couple days. We're going to start with the unchained gorilla Togi Makabe is going to take on Yota Suji, who is one of the more prominent young lions in New Japan. Then Tomohiro Ishii is going to take on El Desperado. Toru Yano is going to take on Jado. Honma is going to take on Hiromu Takahashi. In a match that we're all looking forward to, that'll probably be a glorified squash. Uh, Kazichika Okada, the Rainmaker, is going to take on Gato, the man who betrayed him all those years ago. Then Yuji Nagata is going to take on Minoru Suzuki. Yuamara, the Young Lion, is going to take on uh, Yoshinobi Kanemaru. And then Gabriel Kidd, Another young lion is going to take on Taji Ishimori 
the Bone Soldier. So here's who I have winning these matches. I think Makabe is going to go over on Yoda. I think Ishii is going to beat El Desperado. I think Toruyano is going to win over Jado. Uh, I think Hiromu Takahashi is going to beat Honma. Okada is going to destroy Gato. I think Suzuki beats Nagata. I think Kenemar. I think, uh, actually, I think, you know what? I'm going to change that. I think uh, Uemura is going to beat Kenemaru. And then I think uh, Ishimori is going to beat Kid, uh, which would mean uh, that the next round, at least of this half of the bracket, it would be uh, Makabe versus Yano. Then it would be Honma versus Okada. Um, so I feel like that's I, I I I think they have a pretty good uh, pretty good run happening there because yeah no, I'm no, yeah it would be uh, actually I'm sorry I got that mixed up it would be Makabe versus Ishii fun big hoss fight Yano versus Honma oh that would be a, that's going to be a barrel of laughs. Okada is going to take on Suzuki. Ooh. Pencil that one in. And then Uemura is going to take on Ishimori. So uh, you're going to have quite the, the second round on one half. Now, the other half of the first round that is supposed to start on the 22nd, it's going to be the 22nd and 23rd of the month. You're going to have Tanahashi taking on Taichi. Then Kota Ibushi is going to take on Zack Sabre Jr. That'll be a lot of fun. Then Taguchi is going to take on Sonata. Sho is going to face the Shingo again. All oh, buckle in, man. Those two had an absolutely ridiculous finish to the World Super Juniors, and I guarantee you we'll see something close again, man. I think they're really starting to push Sho here. Then uh, Tenzan is going to take on Yoshihashi. That'll be interesting. Then Yo, as in part of Sho and Yo, is going to take on Bushi. Then uh, Kojima is going to take on Evil while Goto is going to take on Takahashi. So, that's going to be interesting. Goto is going to take on Takahashi. Not Hiromu Takahashi, but Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo pimp. So, in that one, I see Tanahashi beating Taichi. I see Ibushi going over on ZSJ. I think Sanada beats Taguchi. I think Shingo beats Sho. I think Tenzan beats Yoshihashi. I think Bushi beats Yo. I think Evil beats Kojima. And I think Goto beats Takahashi. Which would mean your next round would be Tanahashi versus Ibushi. Oh, tag team champions against each other. That'll be fun. Then Sonata would face Shingo. That'll be a lot of fun too. Tenzan will take on Bushi. Pretty solid match. And then... Evil will take on Goto, which will be another fun one. So we are in for quite the new Japan Cup this year. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, I expect the winner of the entire thing to be a face that we have not seen win the entire thing. But you got to remember who won tournaments recently. Shingo won the World Super Juniors. So maybe Shingo will win this one too. You know, normally New Japan, a push is a sustained push. They give everybody a lot of time. They try to make sure everything clicks. They, they they give them the world effectively, except for the titles. So I'm very curious about that. But remember, we're just starting up with New Japan again. So a lot of storylines have probably been swept aside just a little bit, except for maybe Sho and Shingo. So that's, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But now that I've 
gone over all the reviews that I said I would go over. I, I, I feel the need to talk about this. I, I want to. I mentioned it earlier, but it was about the creative change in WWE. It's who is leading creative in WWE. And in my personal opinion, I am not worried about this. Bruce has been doing this for a long time. He's been running SmackDown. I don't think SmackDown has been that terrible of a show. But I think that this is the case of what we see in wrestling all the time now. And that is that fans have their minds made up before anything happens. I think that's what this is. I think you have your minds made up. I just think you really like Paul Heyman and you're not fans of Bruce Pritchard. That's what I think it is. So you think that no matter what happens, it's going to be bad just because it's him. It's the same concept as Vince McMahon and Triple H. If Vince stepped down and Triple H took over, I guarantee you for the first three months, everything would be awesome no matter what it was just because Triple H was in charge. I guarantee you. That is how it's working now. Okay? Because I've noticed when people say, hey man, then you got to push somebody different. Well, who would you like to see them push? And then people mention it. And then you go look at their profile. And they're normally fans of who they suggest to be pushed. Now, I'm guilty of that myself. I don't want to take away blame. I'm guilty of that myself. Trust me. But, you know, right now, as far as overrated wrestlers getting pushes, I don't really know if there are that many. I mean, you can make a case for Braun Strowman. And I'm a fan of Braun Strowman. But you could make a case that Braun's overrated. You could make a case that Braun's overrated. And then there are some things that I just don't care for that the vast majority of wrestling fans like. So I am naturally apt to be wrong just because I don't agree with opinions. Nope. I know that's your opinion. I'm just giving mine. The Miz and Morrison reboot is terrible. Full stop. Finn Balor is overrated. Full stop. So I feel like that's that's the deal. And now people are saying, oh, man, Mandy is just arm candy now. Well, yeah. I mean, am I happy about it? No. Would I like to see her in the ring? Yeah. But other than a pretty solid knee lift and basic wrestling holds, what does she bring? I mean, if they want her to be a wrestler, she should learn how to wrestle more. I feel like that's how it should go. That's why Sonya Deville always did the legwork. And fire and desire. So, who knows? We'll see. But the creative change, I think, could be very interesting. Because we've been looking for consistency in booking forever in WWE. Everybody's been complaining for it. And now we have a chance for consistency in booking. So, because if you remember, uh, apparently when they tried to bring in Eric Bischoff... Eric wasn't exactly the most willing to work with people. He didn't really know anybody's name. Now, I'm pretty sure that was Heyman. We also heard about AJ Styles and Paul Heyman, how AJ was apparently not happy with Heyman because he wouldn't fight for him. Well, Heyman wanted to push some younger guys, and then he went to SmackDown, So, and now he's the Intercontinental Champion. So I think AJ is in a pretty darn good spot right now. And that brings me to what I wanted to finish with, which is the champion's review of WWE. Let's look at who has what title and if it is proper. We'll start off on Monday Night Raw. The WWE Championship is currently held by Drew McIntyre. I think it's the right guy at the right time, doing a phenomenal job. Uh, would 
curious what's next for him on Raw or if him and Bobby Lashley are in fact finished. Then we have Apollo Crews, United States Champion. Short reign so far, one successful defense. I think he'll continue to defend it. I think he'll have a good push with it. Uh, I do not buy this idea that just because Pritchard took over, they're immediately going to take the title off of him. I don't buy that idea. I think they'll hang on. I think he's proven he's a solid talent. And even though he might not be a top star, I didn't realize that the United States Championship was meant for top stars. And I think Apollo will be a top star. Whether it's WWE or somewhere else, he will be. He is very much on his way. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him where he's at for the moment. I wouldn't be surprised. Then we have the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. They're doing great stuff. Whether it's funny, whether it's wrestling, they can do it all. And uh, they should hang on to those things for quite some time. And I got to be honest, I would like to see the Viking Profits be a thing for just a little while. Just give us a give us a nice four-man stable there for a while, and I think we'll be good. So we're, we're all set there with that. Then the Raw Women's Champion is Asuka. I mean, who's better right now? Asuka really is fantastic. And right now she's in that perfect combination of this funny, sort of goofy, arrogant Asuka with nobody's ready for Asuka. And I think it's a great combo. They don't need to change anything about where she's going. Now I'll just go to the Women's Tag Team titles because technically they're defended on all three brands of WWE, Sasha Banks and Bayley, I think they still should be continuing their first title reign. Never think they should have lost them, but they got them back. And now I think their original plan of them going around brand to brand, uh, I think that's going to continue. And they're scheduled to go to NXT and defend their titles this Wednesday. So good stuff. Let's go to SmackDown. Braun, Ro- Braun Strowman is the universal champion. I think he's a good champion. I like Braun, big, strong guy, makes it work. Could they do better? Probably. But right now, they're in a pretty good spot. Intercontinental Champion AJ Styles just won it. One of the most proven veterans on the circuit today. Can't wait to see what's next for him. SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The New Day. Couldn't couldn't pick a better option. Uh, I think they're doing fantastic work. I think when Xavier Woods comes back and they're at full strength, it's going to be a whole lot more fun. But I do think they could use a little bit of a shakeup at the current moment with their character. But they don't need to change how they're working in the ring. And they can hold on to those titles for another three years for all I care. They're phenomenal. Women's champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey, who is also one half of the Women's Tag Team Champions. She's doing a good job as a heel. She is an annoying heel. She's been referred to as what they call a Karen nowadays. <laughs> and I think that... Uh, that's pretty fitting of her, and I think her and Sasha are doing good stuff, but you know the split's coming, and we're not sure when, but as long as they do it right, we'll be happy with that. Now let's go to NXT, where the NXT champion is Adam Cole, baby. Say no more. One of the best in the game going today. I think he does a phenomenal job. He is the best guy in tights gimmick in wrestling today. Then we have the North American champion, Keith Lee, physically imposing dude. Phenomenal wrestler. Keep it on him. No need to change it. Tag team champions. Now Imperium. I haven't gotten to see them that much lately. Apparently they're going to show up on Wednesday. Curious how that one goes. Too new to really judge. The women's champion on NXT now. Uh, I think it's in good hands. I do. I think it's in good hands with the Oshirai. Haven't seen her do anything with it yet, but we'll see. And then, of course, the Cruiserweight Championship santos escobar and his big reveal can't wait for wednesday to see what they continue with that 
Guys, that is it for me. I got to get out of here. It was a lot of fun. Check out New Japan if you haven't. Check out Backlash if you haven't. Remember, the New Japan Cup starts uh, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., at least if you're on the Eastern Seaboard. Check it out on New Japan World. It continues the next day with the first round I went over. That's it for me, you guys. I got to get out of here. Please be safe, whether it's COVID or whether you're protesting. I'm gone.